All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to another edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Love is in the air and so are trade rumors. Tyler Uramchuk and Mike McKenna with you for 30 minutes of straight hockey talk. Mike, how are you doing on Valentine's Day? I'm living. I coached hockey this morning. The usual. Now we get to talk hockey. So right at you. Let's go, Tyler. I know you got big plans tonight. Yes, before we uh, get going, though, a couple pieces of news from around the NHL. And the big one is that Alex Ovechkin will not be playing tonight for the Washington Capitals. He is out for personal reasons, as the team says he is tending to uh, the health of a loved one. So certainly hoping for all the best for Ovechkin and his family. Another piece of news. Well, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and get into it. The Arizona Coyotes, maybe a little bit of trendsetters. They decide to sit Jacob Chikrin on Saturday night and last night for their game against the Nashville Predators. And today, Yarmo Kekalainen and the Columbus Blue Jackets said, that sounds like a good idea. We're going to do the same thing, sitting Vlad Gavrikov for trade-related reasons tonight. Mike, since Gavrikov is kind of the newest of the of the two pieces there, what do you think about the Blue Jackets sitting him out? And is there anywhere you're looking at and going, ah, maybe a fit there? Well, it surprises me in that we're still two weeks away from trade deadline. Usually when players were held out of the lineup, it would be two, three days in advance, you know, maybe day of, because you didn't want to lose that asset. What this says to me is that, you know, there's kind of a cascade effect here. If Chikrin is going to be traded, which obviously he is, if there's, if he's being held out for trade related reasons, well, who's next in the pecking order? And I think Gavrikov is right there. You know, there's other D that could probably be in the mix as well, whether we're talking about McCabe or Luke Shen, 
But really, Gavrikov's probably the second most desired. So I think Columbus is protecting an asset either because, one, they know that Chikrin trade is imminent and something's going to fall out of it, or two, they've got something cooking. We don't know either direction on it. It's just strange to me to see it this far in advance. I think it's smart. I don't think there's anything about this that's going to cause Gavrikov or Chikrin to lose value, Tyler. Teams know what they're going to get with those players. So why risk it? I just think the, the real question is how quickly do these deals happen? Because it can't keep stretching on. I think both teams are trying to, yeah. whether they're talking about the Coyotes or the Blue Jackets, they're trying to maximize the return on their asset. And I think in the next day or two here, we should be seeing some movement. Yeah, we should be. And, I, and you made a point of, you know, does it hurt their value? And I think in the short term, no. But it's got to kind of be the last straw kind of thing where I think it's hard to put a guy back into the lineup after you do this, right? Like the Coyotes have kind of said they're not expecting Chikrin to play again until there's yeah, a resolution can. here. I'd imagine it's the same for Columbus. Like, I don't know if you can just yo-yo a guy in and out of the lineup. This feels like the last straw. And then it's, is it not kind of a message to other GMs that like, nope, something is close. Get your best offers in now. Well, what if you don't like the best offers? Like, I just, maybe it's, and if a deal's close for Gavrikov and it gets announced in the next hour or two hours, then yeah, this makes a lot of sense. But if it's a Chikrin situation where the Blue Jackets go on 72 hours without a move, I do kind of wonder what it does for the value of the player. Do other GMs go, whoa, 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 I gave you my best offer 72 hours ago. You haven't pulled the trigger on anything else. I'm not giving you my best offer anymore because clearly you don't have something better than it. Yeah, and I think realistically, I don't think that these are real bluffs here, Tyler. I think that they know what the offers are, and it's just kind of that last call, right? It's this is it. Get your orders in. Uh, we know what we have on the table, sweet in the pot. Let's make this deal happen because, like you say, you can't put a player back in the lineup. They've crossed that bridge. Chikrin and Gavrikov, they are out until they're traded. From our perspective, from their perspective, the players, you really hope it happens in a timely manner at this point. Yeah, you definitely don't want it rolling into some sort of a mega distraction in the locker room. Gavrikov and Chikrin. Last week, it was Tarasenko on the move. We'll see if we get another big trade at some point today or later this week. Let's turn our attention to what we saw on the ice last night. And one of the results, and probably the best game of the night, was the Ottawa Senators and their big comeback storming back in the third period, scoring a couple goals late, and then winning the game in overtime. Uh, I mean, this Senators team, I'm sure there's some Senators fans out there, Mike, who are sitting there going, ah, maybe we shouldn't have had that comeback. Maybe we want to fall a little bit lower down. But I'm going to sit here and say, hey, look, whether they get a 6% chance at Connor Bedard or an 8% chance at Connor Bedard, I think what's actually more valuable is giving some of the young guys on this roster a chance to play meaningful hockey down the stretch. And I'm looking at the standings now. They're still quite a ways back. A lot of teams to jump. But they're not mathematically out yet. And I still think there'd have to be a little bit of belief in the room. I actually think wins like this and just staying in the hunt for a little bit longer is actually really, really good for this team. And I like the fight they showed last night. I totally agree with you. I mean, to come back being down 3-1 to one with a couple minutes left in the game, score two goals with the goaltender pulled against a Flames team that's pretty good. Um I mean, to me, that shows a lot. And you're exactly right. You want to stay in the fight. It was a big win for Matt Sogard. Uh, the big Dane was starting his third, his third NHL game, his first of the season. Played pretty well. Had a couple of really big saves in overtime. Uh, I do worry about that team long term. I've got a piece out today on Daily Faceoff that explains why in goal, talking about how they need a veteran goaltender, whether it's Talbot or somebody else down the stretch. You don't want to run two rookies like Sogard and Mandeliz out. Um, but for me, like, it's Tim Stutzla, like, Three primary assists, game-winning goal in overtime. He's 53 points in 48 games. He's trending towards being a superstar in this league. 
And I, I thought that his game was phenomenal in how he stayed with it. Okay. He may have folded the tent in previous years and not known how to handle that moment. He keeps coming. Uh, but you flip it over to the Flames here. And you think about Daryl Sutter's comments afterwards saying that he thought they dominated the game, puck possession, all that. And I'm like, man, I don't know, Daryl. Five on five, this was a pretty close game. I thought the Flames were better when it came to special teams, power play, and that's where they generated a bit from. Um, but think about the Flames in the standings here, man. They just went on a four-game road trip, and they went 1-1-2. One, one, and two. Like, four out of eight points isn't going to cut it for that team. Um, Markstrom allows a goal in overtime between his arm and body. It just things are still not quite there in Calgary. And the messaging seems to be a little bit mixed. They put a lot of shots on goal, Tyler, but shots mm-hmm. don't always equal wins. And we're seeing that too often with Calgary. I was going to say it, it's been a bit of an issue, I'd say for the Calgary flames that they throw a lot of pucks on net from not dangerous scoring areas. And you look at 37 shots yesterday, only 26 of them came at five on five. Uh, just quickly, Jacob Markstrom was not great again, an 840 save percentage. You look at his last five appearances here for the Calgary flames. And I only see one game where he was better than 900. It's a lot of, well, one 900 and then a bunch in the 840s, 850s. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned should Flames fans be with Markstrom? You know, I have more confidence in Markstrom than Flames fans, I think. Um, I, last game yeah. wasn't great, but I've seen him face an incredible number of high danger chances uh, that makes his job tough. I've got a piece of daily faceoff explaining what's been going on with him, uh, what he does need to improve upon. I'd put my worry probably at a five. I think he's been better than we realized, but he has things to work on. Let's stay in Canada, but head out to the coast and talk about the Vancouver Canucks, who are now firmly in the Rick Tockett era, and yet drama really isn't going away. Uh, The team suffers a loss, and there are already some fractures in what I would call important relationships. A couple of weeks ago, or three weeks ago, there was all the talk that, okay, do you sign Kuzmenko? Do you keep this guy around? Or do you maybe move him at the deadline, and maybe you can revisit things in the summer? Well, they decided to keep Andre Kuzmenko before seeing how he and Rick Tockett potentially gel. And it's not going that well. The guy barely played down the stretch the other night. Uh, Tockett and OEL, they have a pass from Arizona. Doesn't seem like they're off to a great start. OEL's not playing his best hockey. Are you concerned with maybe how rough the first month of Rick Tockett's tenure in Vancouver has been? I'm not concerned because I kind of expected this. You know, they're three, four, and one under Tocket. But here's the thing, Tyler, he hasn't really had a chance to dig in and implement structure beyond video work leading up to games. They've only had four big practices, like full on practices uh, with Tocket in charge. Talked a whole bunch after yesterday's game about how important today's practice is and going back to basics and teaching the team structure and even positioning. Like that's, that's like me with the squirts. Okay. Um, but I think that's the level that the, that the Canucks need to dig down to is to the basics, the fundamentals and other things. I mean, he talked about it that, you know, structure, discipline, leadership, that's what gets you through games. They didn't get through the game. So to me, he's calling out structure, discipline and leadership. He said, no more smashing sticks on the bench. How many times have we seen JT Miller smash a stick? There's even a clip out there. Smashes one, Kuzmenko goes, oh, Peterson rolls his eyes. Okay, there's a disconnect there that I think Tockett is trying to flesh out. He's trying to get this team to play his way. If that means sitting Kuzmenko for a little while like he did against Detroit two nights ago, that may be what has to happen. So I'm not terribly concerned unless this begins to be a trend over 10 to 12 games. I think it's a bit of tough love now, and I think Tock knows how to balance it. 
Yeah, I think it's maybe a reminder that this is going to be a long, long process in Vancouver. You talked about the JT Miller thing. It just feels like there's some deep-rooted issues. And I believe there were some optimistic Canucks fans who were hoping that they would get a Boudreaux-esque bump from Tockett. And maybe it would snap this team right back onto the right track. And it just really hasn't seemed to be going that way. For me, I, I think some of the mistakes were avoidable, though. Like... If you would have not signed Kuzmenko three weeks ago, again, signing players when they're in the middle of a heater is never a great idea. And I think that that contract's not bad, but you maybe could have gotten a second round pick and a prospect for him at the deadline. Then you could have just signed him in the offseason or you would have had this run where you see how he and Tockett kind of get along a bit. I, it's, a, it's a long grind and I don't think, you know, Kuzmenko will now never work in Vancouver. I think it'll still get to a point where they learn to coexist, but it's just you thought the drama was going to go away in Vancouver and it's just not going away, which I think is a bit of an issue there. Let's move along to what I'm calling our most exciting segment of the day, because it's Valentine's Day, and I love when we do this. We did this last year as well. We're playing a little trade deadline matchmaker. We're streaming on the Daily Face Off YouTube, and I'd love to get some takes in from people watching as well. There was a bunch of you earlier saying, Timo Meyer to the New Jersey Devils. I think that's a really obvious one. Mike, I'm going to let you go first, though. Give me one of your trade deadline matchmakers. My first one, it's in my own hometown here. I think the captain of the Blues, Ryan O'Reilly, send him to the Minnesota Wild, a team that desperately needs a top-end centerman to fill a void. Okay, Ryan Hartman, 34 goal pace last year, had 34 goals last year. He's on pace for about 10 this year. So I think O'Reilly fits really well there in Minnesota. He fits that ethos. They need a bump in scoring. They need depth down the middle. I think he'd be a great answer for it, Tyler. Who do you got first off on your matchmaker? I love that wild pick. I think he'd fit in perfectly in that top nine. There is another centerman in Frank Saravalli's trade top five of his trade targets. It is Jonathan Taves. I am saying Jonathan Taves to the Edmonton Oilers. One, you know Kenny Holland likes his vets. He had Duncan Keith around last year. I think the Oilers missed that presence a little bit this year. So go get Jonathan Taves, a guy with a whole bunch of bling on his fingers, Mike. He can help them on the PK. He could allow them to play McDavid and Dreisaitl together more at five on five and give them some more depth. And everyone says the Oilers need to be better defensively. They need a defenseman. Well, I'd go ahead and say a good veteran centerman who is also reliable in his own end and who wins a lot of faceoffs. That guy can help you defensively as well. So I say Jonathan Taves to the Edmonton Oilers, Mike. I like that one. I got another one for you here. How about James Van Riemsdyk of the Philadelphia Flyers? Let's send him over to the Winnipeg Jets. Swipe it right on the Jets here for JVR. I think he'd fit really well in that third line playing with Adam Lowry. And, and he can slot up and down as necessary. He would also be a boost on their power play. Not that it's bad. The power play's been okay in Winnipeg. But you put JVR in front of the net, maybe on the second unit, maybe the first if you need a little bump for Rick Bonus, head coach of that team. I like that pick. I think he'd fit in very well in Winnipeg. Yeah, I like that one too. And when you look at JVR, probably the big sticking point for him is his cap hit. Well, the Winnipeg Jets, they have a lot of cap space compared to some of the other teams that are sitting at the top of their divisions and are going to be aggressive buyers. So I think that could be a really solid fit. My last one, I'm staying in Canada and I'm actually tying things back to the Minnesota Wild, who is your first team. They'll need some cap space to get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. I'm looking at them moving Matt Dumba. I'm looking at them sending Matt Dumba north of the border to the Toronto Maple Leafs. A strong, physical defenseman can chip in with a little bit of offense and is a clear upgrade on the right side compared to a lot of the guys that they've been rolling into the lineup here. I think Dumba could give them a bit of a boost. I think the cap hit is maybe a tough thing for Toronto to work in here, but regardless, I think on the ice, Matt Dumba would be a really good fit for the Leafs, Mike. That's fun. I love Valentine's Isn't Valentine's Day fun when we're making matchmaker? Now, this is a key oh. part. We need to get all the thanks 
from the entire hockey media world when all four of these come true. We broke it first here, Tyler. Mm-hmm. We got to get the credit. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna demand some respect when all four of these trades go down exactly <laughs> as we predicted them. Uh, let's uh, get to our big segment of the day and bring in our friend Stephen Ellis for the next wave. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. The next wave brought to you by Montana's. Always a pleasure to welcome Stephen Ellis into the show, who is getting rolling on some draft content over at dailyfaceoff.com. And Stephen, you're going to be talking about some big draft risers later on this week. So give us a little tease. Who are some players you're keeping an eye on? Well, one guy that I'm really liking right now is Damian Clara, a goalie out of Italy. And if he gets drafted, which looks very possible to the point where some even think he could be a top 60 pick, um, he'd be the first Italian goalie and I believe the first Italian born player to get drafted in the league, which would be outstanding to see. He's got excellent size. I believe he's 6'6", which is obviously really good for goaltenders. But he's kind of, when you look at goalies having to come from some of these places like Latvia, like Italy, like Austria, we've seen a couple from the last couple of years where they kind of just have to claw their way all the way up. They don't have a t- uh, scout's attention all the time. You know, They don't have typically great coaching, things like that. So they have to do whatever it takes to get far. So when you have a six foot six goalie that's already played games for the national team at 16 years old, who has already done so much at such a young age, I think people are going to really get excited. Another one looking at is Jaden Perron from the Chicago Steel. This is one of the smaller players in the draft. He's five foot eight, but I think when you look at him, he might be one of the best playmakers in this draft. Connor Bedard's obviously near the top. You got some others, but I think Jaden Perron is a guy where he really wasn't on my radar to start the year. Uh, some, a lot of USHL fans really, really liked him, um, but he, he's a huge part of the Chicago Steel team. That's one of the best teams in the USHL. So him putting up a point per game pace is not super explosive by any means, especially when there's some other guys who've got more points on that team. But I think this is a guy that in the right situation could be such an impactful NHL there. And the last one, a guy that I'm loving right now is David Reinbacher, a, a defenseman out of Austria, who's actually leading all under 21 players in points in, in the top Swiss league. And he's a defenseman. So that's pretty impressive because, you know, the national league there is not, 
not a development league. It's a strong pro league. For him to play as good as he has and to play as many minutes, I think he's been so valuable. So I'd say those are three of my favorite uh, risers this year. In terms of, like, I would say my draft rankings in particular, I don't actually have Damian Clara on there right now, but he's going to probably be on my next list. So you touched on something that I really like, Stephen, talking about how goalies can kind of punch above their weight and be somebody that breaks down the door, even for a country, for even for a gender, right? Think about the first women that played were goaltenders sometimes, Mano Rayom. Um, so let's stay on that theme and think about a couple goaltenders that are coming along now. And the first one I'd like to go to is Devin Levi, who's playing at Northeastern University, just won the Beanpot Tournament for his team. And this guy was a seventh round pick in 2020 of the Buffalo of the Florida Panthers, but now in the Buffalo Sabres organization. So what are you projecting here for Devin Levi? Well, I don't know if I've seen a goalie be as dominant as he has um, for Northeastern. You know, there, there are some goalies that have had better stats in the last couple of years, but have played in probably better, uh, de better defensemen. But like, it almost feels like Devin Levi for every three starts he plays, it's two of them are, are, are wins because of, how important he was to that team. He's such a valuable player. He's got some of the best stats we've seen in a long time. Um, and, you know, for, for him to have four shutouts on our 14-9-4 record, again, shows you how good he's been in certain games. Uh, 40 save efforts are, are not uh, uncommon. He had a 54 save effort a couple nights ago. Uh, I think the biggest concern about him, and, and his sample size has been very impressive, obviously, in the NCAA. He was unbelievable. The World Junior uh, World Juniors a couple years ago, uh, World Junior A Challenge as well. But he's six foot, and you look at that, and there's not a lot of goalies uh, that are, are are so effective at that size. And we saw that at the World Juniors, where he got out outplayed by Spencer Knight, who I believe is six four. So. Um, now, that was just one game, but this is something where I am concerned about shots up high. And it's one thing for NCAA teams to, to you know, have trouble with you. But when you get to the NHL, the shots are harder, the, the players are better. That's where the challenge uh, seeps in. But I do think that the Sabres have a great goalie prospect on their hands there. Yeah, and that's the reason why you look at uh, a UC Soros, right? Is he 5'11"? How does this guy do it in the NHL? Because his skill set is beyond belief. I'm a big believer in Levi, another goaltender out there that I've even have questions about, but seems to be on the right track, Yaroslav Askarov, Nashville Predators draft pick. He went first overall, or sorry, first round 2020 draft, number 11. So you look at Levi, seventh round, Askarov, first round. We're both talking about, we're talking about both of these guys here, Steven. So uh, my people in, in Milwaukee are saying Askarov might need to mature a little bit in some areas, but on the ice, what are you seeing? I'm out loving Askarov, and I, I made the not super bold claim at about 2018 when I first saw him play at the under-17 level that this guy is going to be a future Vesna winner. Just the way he commands that net at six foot four, you know, he's got the size, he's got the the or six three, I should say, he's got the the movements very well. Uh, you know, goalies that are, are right-handed, and you would know this sometimes are harder to figure out because you don't find a lot of them uh, in the NHL. But when you see him in the AHL, he's been just there's, there's been some up and down moments uh, for sure. And I think the big thing for him is he's starting to look more confident than it. And in the last couple of years, he did not play a lot. Last year, he played six games in the KHL, nine games in the VHL. And you look at the year before the pandemic year, uh, he didn't play 10 games anywhere he was. So this is a guy that didn't have a lot of games going for him the last couple of years. So coming here to Milwaukee, he kind of had to be the guy and pretty quickly. And I think he's done a good job doing so. Uh, he was supposed to be in the NHL All-Star game. He had to back out for personal reasons. But to me, I think that there's still star potential here. And just, you know, he's 20 years old. We gotta, we can't forget that. He's still quite young. But I think the progress at this point, especially after a couple of years where he didn't play much, uh, to me, I'm happy with. 
Fantastic stuff, as always, Mr. Ellis, with the next wave. If you want to read more about Devin Levi, Steven's got a piece up on the site right now, and Draft Riser's coming later this week. Look at that. Devin Levi continuing to dominate. Check it all out, dailyfaceoff.com. The next wave is brought to you by Montana's. Do you want to win a $100 gift card to Montana's? Head to our Twitter, head to our Instagram, head to our Facebook to find out how you can be entered in the draw. $100 GC goes a long ways when you consider their fantastic lineup of daily deals. Mr. Ellis, we'll chat again next week. Thanks, man. I'm hungry, guys. Thanks. <laughs>
Well, we talked a little bit about the bean pod previously with Devin Levi, and we're going to stay on that because congrats to Northeastern University that took home the championship in a 3-2 shootout win over Harvard on the weekend. Levi here making the big save to seal it up for his team. And I love this tweet from John Buchagross. And this is the essence of college hockey. Okay, this is a four-team tournament. You know, you only play a couple games, but it's a huge deal to win in the Boston area. And Northeastern, they're the number 16-ranked team in the nation. They beat BU, who was number five in the semis. Then they went on to beat Harvard, who's number nine. Both of these teams ranked ahead of them. Okay, so really cool moment for Northeastern, which was awesome. And then there's the backlash to this from all the people in the hockey world who just hated that the bean pot ended in three-on-three overtime in a shootout. People wanted to see it end in regular five-on-five overtime. Jimmy Vesey of the New York Rangers and, of course, a Harvard grad as well. He wasn't any pleased about it, Tyler. And you know what? I feel you. The bean pot's a big deal. Let it play out. I understand there's rules that the NCAA puts into it, but make an exception, man. That tournament, to anybody that's played at those four schools, Boston College is also in the mix there. They know what it's like. I agree with Jimmy Vc. It should be played in overtime until there's a champion. But regardless, super cool moment for, uh, moment for Northeastern and yet another feather in Devin Levi's cap. Yeah, Devin Levi, big, getting a lot of love on the show today here on Valentine's Day. Also, a lot of love to everyone who is in the YouTube chat, our guy Cornhole50. He wants Timo Meyer to the devil so bad, he is willing it into existence in our YouTube chat, but everyone was active today. So shout out to the YouTube. Shout out to you, Mike McKenna, Chikrin, Gavrikov. Could we be seeing a big move today? You'll have to keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com to find out. We'll be back tomorrow noon Eastern again with another 30 minutes of straight hockey talk leading up to the deadline. We hope to see you then. Enjoy the Tuesday nights of games. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. 
Now here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.